When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening to me. I really do appreciate it. When I go on, on, on my podcast thing, I see you know hundreds to thousands of people listening to me talk. So I'm talking to you, the person that has me in at their work, in their ears, on speaker, um, in their jukebox, wireless thing, in their car. Thank you so much for listening to me. Um, this this is just incredible uh, how many people listen to what I have to say. And today I'm going to be talking about my Nebraska trip that I just took. Uh, I've been on the road for about three to four weeks. We were in Scottsdale, Arizona. We were in Vegas. We took a couple of days off, and then we flew out to Nebraska for six days. So I just got back a couple of days ago, and I wanted to go through what we did out in Nebraska and uh, how, how, how it was a special trip for Taylor and I and uh, how much fun we had and how many lives we changed and I'm very grateful for. So today we're going to be talking about the Nebraska trip. There's going to be a lot of dog training talk in here and just uh, travel in general. Uh, I'd like to decompress and, and just explain it in audio form what we did. Um, I think it's good content for, for anybody to listen to as far as dogs go. Lakota. Hooey. And then I have a shiny vest on the ground that has some treats left over in it, apparently, that my dog found. So, anyway, um, we were contacted by an individual in O'Neill, Nebraska. O'Neill is a small little town in Nebraska. Uh, It's west of Omaha. So, it's I think it's like 40 minutes from South Dakota. South Dakota. And um, I've never been in Nebraska. I've never had a reason to go to Nebraska. But I love traveling, and I love the west more than anything. So, well, I say anything, but I like coffee a lot, too. And dogs are pretty cool. But I do like the West. That's why I got my Sprinter van, uh, because once I get things situated at the facility here, uh, I'm going to take coffee and my dogs and go out West. So (laughs) I can have all my cake and sprinkles and eat it, too. So anyway, uh, I was contacted by somebody out in O'Neill, Nebraska, population, I think, 2,000 or less. So very small town. And um, she needed help with... um, or shelter dog that they had. And this particular dog uh, was in their shelter. Uh, as you can imagine, it's a very small shelter. It's a very small town with minimal people. Um, and so basically the board uh, was uncomfortable with the dog, and they don't know what they were going to do with it. They may have euthanized it, or they were going to euthanize it, or whatever it was. I'm not 100% sure. Taylor goes through all that. Uh, basically, I just show up. Uh, even when it comes down to traveling and things like that she filters all the emails and books all the flights and all that stuff and then it's in my schedule and we go um two reasons for that is i need to focus on when i'm at my facility i need to focus on helping my staff and my trainers and taking care of my clients that are there Uh, and the other thing is is uh, i don't need a bunch of 
and pre-existing information. When I show up, I'm going to see the dog and I'm going to get to work. So anywho, um, that's pretty much what had happened under my impression. And so she was really desperate and wanted to do anything that she could to, to get me to help her and her dog. And so we, we flew out and, uh, we flew into Omaha, which is about three hours east of O'Neill. Uh, Omaha and Lincoln are probably the two well-known states in Nebraska. And so we flew into Omaha, stayed the night, uh, ate really yummy dinners uh, at steak because that's kind of what that part of the country is known for is their beef. And that's all they really do is raise and sell cattle for the market. But anyway, um, close your ears, vegan friends. Sorry. Um, but anyway, so we um, we, drove out, we drove out to um, uh, O'Neill, and it was a three-and-a-half-hour nothing-but-nothing. Uh, we listened to some podcasts, and when we got there, like I said, it's a very small town, and um, I like small towns. I really do. My dad lives in a small town in southern Indiana, and um, there's something about him that just kind of has some sort of intimacy where you're there, and you kind of can touch and feel everything that's there within the town you know every restaurant every street sign like you're you're part of it all when you're in it so I really like that um and so like I said I think the population is like 2,000 or so so small town so I did two days of private sessions and then we did a seminar with the private sessions in group after the seminar and then we did uh the the fourth day was uh, doing a pet tech, pet CPR and first aid class, and then private sessions and group sessions after that. So we probably did 12 to 14 hours on most of those days. Um, and so really, really cool time. Very grateful for it. Very happy. Um, we made a lot of progress, and we made a lot of um, changes in people's lives, which I'm very happy for. And so uh, this particular person who got this uh, event together um, kind of combined and, and partnered up with some people at the shelter and got a lot of uh, awesome sponsors. Um, they got Subway and the local police department and a bunch of people. And um, it was really, really cool. It, it was a really good time. And I appreciate th those guys. So if anybody's listening to this in O'Neill, Nebraska, shout out to you guys for having me out in the hospitality, hospitality, and um, just really special time. We had a really good time and uh, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to do it. So moving forward, we uh, we trained uh, on the seminar. What I do on my seminars, and this is for anybody out there that's just listening, that um, you know, is killing time or is interested in in doing seminars in the future, or just want to know how I changed some dogs' life that were in the shelter. Um, so when I do a seminar, I usually do uh, half a day of lecture through PowerPoint slides. So I give um, basically information that I've written down that uh, I can't forget that's on slides. So it's it's a lot of literature, and uh, I explain it, and it's entertaining, and I do this whole thing. And then we do lunch, and then in this particular case, I brought out, <coughs> I believe, every single dog in the shelter or close to it. And so they brought the dogs over to the shelter in this gigantic community center, um, and I ate, we all ate lunch, and then we got to work. And so uh, again, small town, uh, but I, I think 50 people plus showed up, um, which is uh, a good turnout considering most people didn't know who I, w who I was out there. And the event actually, because they had so many sponsors, turned out to be for free. And so nobody had anything invested, and not too many people knew about me. Um, it's not a big dog training community, as you probably can imagine. Uh, it's a livestock working type of community. and um, But we did have some people travel quite a bit to get to me and watch me and work with me so thank you guys for for the support i truly do appreciate it and i, I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with everybody and 
um, having coffee and drinking beers later with everybody. It was a really good time. And so, um, and shout out to Chris, uh, by the way. Chris, I know sometimes you listen to my podcast. So, Chris, thank you so much for all your help, man. And uh, I hope that we cross paths again. That was a really good time meeting you. Chris, another, Chris is another um, dog trainer that used to help out at the shelter that I was uh, helping out as well. And uh, he just did a fantastic job helping me out and kind of being my right-hand man throughout the whole process. So, shout out to Chris. Um, so, we got all the dogs out. And it's interesting, guys, because the dogs that I worked were – <coughs> did a little bit of coffee there. It's interesting because the dogs that I worked, you know, when you think about a sheltered dog, unfortunately, a lot of people think that they have issues. And in these cases, some of these dogs have been there for a year, <coughs> two years. Um, and so they've been there for a pretty long time. And, you know, they had a lot of leash issues. They had a lot of, um, some of them had some behavioral issues. We had a dog in there that literally had a UK chip. So the, like when we chip dogs, this particular chip was actually registered in the UK, and this dog was like super scared. And I was like, "Yeah, there's a good possibility this dog like went on vacation with their owners and never came back." I don't know. It's really bizarre. So it was a bizarre thing. And again, uh, I went and visited the shelter, and it's like a, it's like nicer than most doggy daycares. I mean, the shelter is really, really nice. So uh, you know, Kendra has a lot of um, good support over there, and. And uh, it's just really, it's really sad to see all these dogs sit in the shelter for that long because, as you can imagine, a shelter dog over time, you know, doesn't really do good because they don't have, sh they don't have a, I mean, they do have structure, but they don't have the loving, compassionate side of, of having a dog, and sometimes that can deteriorate a dog's um, stability. So, you know, it's really sad to see, but the good thing, guys, is no bad dogs, right? And we worked all the dogs for the most part that had. <coughs> any type of adopting issues, excuse me, any type of adopting issues. And so uh, they all came in, you know, pulling and all that stuff. And we ch and the cool thing was is when I did this seminar, it was all on the spot. I had a group of 50-plus people that didn't really know me that was, like, maybe there just to see if I was going to do good or maybe there for entertainment. I'm not sure. So, you know, I didn't know anybody um, except the people that I worked with prior. And so – we basically brought all the dogs out on the spot, and I worked with them. And within 10 minutes of each dog that I worked, it was a completely more engaged dog. I don't like to say a changed dog, but, I mean, to the naked eye, people would say that. But responsibly, like, no, the behavior is not completely changed. It looks like it's changed because the dog is calm. But, um, you know, there's a, there, was a lot, there was a lot to be said about the work that I did with the dogs because they just needed somebody to give them guidance. They were typically, you know, like typical dogs who don't have a lot of guidance or structure, especially on the leash. They were bouncing around. They were jumping. They were, like, anxious. Um, I used some micro-prong collars, and the dogs literally – I worked with a couple dogs, and it was very fluid. It was very um, intuitive for me and them. It was almost like they were looking at me like, hey – it's almost like they snapped out of it and they looked at me and they go, are you here to help me? And then I was like, yeah, you know, through body language and stuff. It was very fluid. It was very inviting. It was very good. We, we really clicked. All the dogs that I worked, I really clicked with. It was almost like they knew that they were being on the spot with me and they wanted to help themselves, <coughs> I guess. Excuse me. And, um, and so it was really, really cool. And I'm going to post all those uh, videos on YouTube. And so if you haven't yet, follow me on YouTube. Uh, all you got to do is search in Upstate Canine Academy on YouTube, and I'm going to post all the dogs. Um, so after I did the, um, 
the the big seminar on the group and it was really really fun and uh, we had a good time and then I did uh, a, a group class with three or four dogs um, after that so after I did the seminar for six or seven hours we did the group class for two hours and then I uh, I had a dog come in from Omaha which is where I flew into which is about three and a half hours um, and this is the dog I, I kind of wanted to talk about on the podcast and I think it's really going to transfer to the YouTube video that I did and this particular dog worked with the behavioralist for <clears throat> so this particular dog worked with the behavioralist um, for three months four months or something like that uh, this particular dog also worked with another dog training company in in the Omaha area uh, I don't know names and I don't care because that's not important the important thing is is the dog getting better and the owner feeling more confident and so basically she was nervous, obviously. I mean, she's been basically let down from people who have PhDs and six-year degrees and, um, you know, that work in a college or, uh, or you know, they, she's, she's done a board and train program. And so I'm just kind of painting a picture for you guys that uh, she was very um, nervous. And she, you know, when you have a dog and it seems like the people who should be helping you or say that they can help you just are kind of feeding you into the wrong direction or can't help you. Uh, as you can imagine, loving your dog, it's very frustrating and it's very discouraging as a dog owner because you think that things can't be better. Uh, and I don't want to say fix because that's not the right word. You just assume that things can't get better because you're paying all this money for these people who have all these big fancy degrees and have been to school for a very long time and have their doctorate and all this stuff. And, you know, so basically what had happened with this behavioralist is um, every time the dog would bark, because uh, the dog is a German Shepherd, super, super reactive, um, very reactive. Uh, and this particular dog had an incident. And in Omaha, if you have an incident, uh, you automatically have to wear a muzzle. I think it just nips somebody, like typical fear-biting thing, not a big deal. Um, and if you nip somebody or have an accident in Omaha, you have to wear a muzzle for a year, and then you have to pass the canine good citizen test. And so anyway, um, with my impression of what I was told... Uh, that the behavioralist put the dog on a tieback, which is basically putting the dog on a pole um, or on a pillar or on a wall so it can't go anywhere with a harness. And every time the dog barked at the behavioralist, the dog owner would walk out of the room. So they were negatively punishing the dog by removing the owner from the room. And then when the dog didn't bark, they rewarded the dog with hot dogs. So when she came, she had this whole stack of hot dogs, which is totally fine. I'm used to that. Um, but what I like to try to do guys is I, I like to try to get to the core I like to try to get at the core of the behavior and I like to really work on what's wrong not cover it up I, I think that there is an important part for dogs to really be able to be rewarded but they have to be rewarded at the right time and uh, if I have a dog on a tie back with a muzzle on I don't think the dog should really ever be rewarded in those situations because you're you're taking drastic drastic uh, consideration and um, sequences to get the dog to be, I guess, safe, which I understand. But anyway, in those circumstances, like, I'd really be working the dog a lot harder on understanding what, what they're doing wrong, not just waiting for an opportunity to reward it. Um, and so, like, you know, everybody does things differently. And I'm not saying that this particular person was wrong by any means. I'm just letting, painting you guys a picture because when you see this video I post on YouTube, the dog is pretty nasty. And she's been working with this uh, behavioralist for 
quite some time, spent a lot of money. And so I just wanted to paint you guys a picture of like what was going on and why and all these um, interesting things. And so basically the dog came pulling in and very um, just not good, not in a good state of mind, very barky, uh, very reactive. Um, and so uh, he was trained on the e-collar uh, by another company. And so he was familiar with it. He understood how to turn it off. He understood what it meant. And so basically he pulled into me, bark, 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 like, like a protection dog would going after a decoy, barked all the way to me. Um, and, uh, I corrected him on the e-collar when he got close, um, at like a 35 and he kind of yipped and turned his head and he stopped. And literally that was the start of like, this is it. And so a couple things that I want to talk about before going into exactly why he stopped and things like that, but uh, I just want to explain to people that there, I mean, as long as you're, okay, so as long as you're hu you're humane working with the dog, I don't personally believe there's a right way and a wrong way to do something as long as it works, and by humane, I think uh, things should fall under there as responsible and safe, so take that with a grain of salt when I say that, but um, if you're doing something that it, isn't going to drastically change the dog's behavior for the worst or be inhumane or um, anything like that, then, yeah, I think that we need to do something to, like, really be proactive about getting the dog to stop the behavior so they don't get euthanized or, uh, you know, the person who owns the dog can live a better life. And so uh, after I corrected the dog, he kind of walked away, and then he barked at me a couple more times. It wasn't over by any means, but, I mean, we certainly had some work to do, but it was definitely progress. So uh, within about 10 minutes, I had the dog sitting next to me, completely fine, not barking, um, rolling over, letting me pet his belly. The mom, who was with the daughter, she, I think she said it took her either three months or three weeks um, to get even to in the room with the dog, her own mother. Um, and so this was a drastic change for them. Um, and so what I find uh, interesting, guys, is what I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to post this video on YouTube either today, which is Wednesday. Or no, what, what's today? Yeah, Wednesday, March 6th. Um, so anyway, I'm going to post this video either today or tomorrow. And um, just drastic changes uh, in the dog's behavior. And so basically, for those of you who know dog behavior, you'll probably watch the video and see, like, okay, this dog just has never been corrected. And for those of you who are dealing with similar issues, you have to understand that if you let your dog do something like bark or lunge or growl, um, it's only going to bring you backwards. It's not going to set you up. So a lot of dogs, if you negatively punish them by removing yourself or avoiding, it doesn't tackle the issue. Uh, they don't see it like that. I mean, dogs who are fearful or dogs who are just straight up a jerk, they're not going to learn through avoidance. And they're not going to learn through, uh, you know, removing yourself from the issue because it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference with the dog. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, when you do the training that I do, I like to do uh, operant conditioning. So I try to stop the behavior that's happening by adding some sort of aversive. Uh, and, then I, and then I like to reward good behavior. And to me, it's like parenting 101. Your child's kicking and screaming and punching your brother in the face and you avoid it. Uh, that's not going to change. And you're responsible for that because you're an adult and that's yours. And so that's the way I think about these dogs. And I've been working professionally with dogs for 10 years, 
And primarily, I've been working with aggressive dogs. I don't know it all. My way isn't the best way or the highway. However, I find a way every time to, to make things work. Uh, and I can tell you that I literally put on a clinic in this small O'Neill town with every single dog that I worked with. And I'm very proud of the team that was behind me, helping me and keeping me fed and keeping me coffee uh, and, and you know getting everything that I needed. But um, it's true. And I basically went in and cleared up a bunch of stigmas about e-collars and prong collars. And, oh, oh, you mean I don't have to give my dog all these hot dogs? I don't have to carry these hot dogs around. And my dog doesn't have to wear a muzzle forever in the house and blah, blah, blah. And so um, part of me is happy and, and grateful that I was able to do that. But the other part of me is like, I need some. I need to get to work. Like, that's, that's unheard of. Um, you get somebody with a PhD telling people to do punishment through uh, avoidance and walking out of a room if your dog tries to bite somebody uh is irresp- like okay so when a when a town is is if if any town in the United States or anywhere for that matter tells you that you have to wait a year before we retest your dog to see if it's um aggressive and you're doing training such as avoidance and punishing the dog through negatives um that's a problem uh, if it's not working. And so after you do three months and it's not working and you go home and cry every night because it's not working, you know, that's a problem. I, I guess I'm not working hard enough and I'm not, I don't know. I mean, so I'm, I'm always going to be able to, to spread my word about what I do. But anyway, uh, I am going to post that video. Um, and I just want to read you guys really quick the review that um, this particular dog owner's mom wrote. Um, just so you guys can get a feel of like where they were coming from. On my Facebook page, um, this owner wrote, uh, my, daughter, my daughter and I drove three and a half hours in the cold and snow to have a one-on-one session with Tom. My daughter has been dealing with many issues and was being told not to do this, not to do that. So that was she was at her wit's end, and just under an hour, we had a totally different dog. He does this for the good of the dog. There is no cookie cutter approach with him it's purely about what the what works for the dog and what best what's best for the dog he also gave me my daughter's confidence back that she had lost we will be forever grateful for his kindness and compassion for all dogs i highly 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 recommend him and his team hashtag tom davis rocks so um i just want to tell you guys that i don't know what's going on in the United States. And I don't know how I can change it, but I do know the more people that I reach and the more people that I work with, the more lives I change. I had a room full of 50 plus people who had no idea who I was and what I was about. And everything that I did in front of them was very eye-opening. A lot of the people cried because they know some of the dogs. Hell, some of the dogs that were in there, their owners may have been in the room. Their old owners, I don't know. And so my point is this, guys, is um, the trip was inspiring. The trip was uh, sad. The trip was uh, exciting. All in the same time because there's these things that are happening across the country and dogs are dying because of it. And I'm just like dumbfounded that these things are happening. And so if anybody's listening to this... Um, the seminar that we did was, was ran really properly. And if you guys know of anybody or a town or a community or, um, a group of people that 
want to, you know, sit down and work. I mean, I sat down on the ground at 1030 at night in this place and just talked about people and their dogs and went over everything because it's what I love to do. And I felt like we could take over the world. The team that was behind me during this time, like I was like, man, if we just traveled to every city in the country and just put on this clinic and I just talked and I educated and I helped and I had my hands on dogs and I helped them in every city, I felt like I felt like we could take over the world. It was empowering. It was it was like infectious. It was crazy. I was really, really excited because I'm like, man, here's all these dogs that were dropped off for dead at the shelter. Here's this dog that spent all this time and it's the opposite. They spent three to $4,000 in three months and all these things. And I, I give them a little bit of my brain, a little bit. And I'm not saying this. Um, so don't take this the wrong way uh, to be uh, self boating or, or any of these things. It's a problem though. This is a big problem. And I, and I, and I would love to be able to use my, my abilities to help other people. Um, I know that, um, you know, on YouTube, we're growing and things like that. But I just want to do more. I want to help more people. I want to help more dogs. But in this case, like I helped an entire community. So if we could do more of this, where you can say, hey, Tom, like come out for two or three days, work with the shelter, work with the shelter people, work with local trainers and things like that. And we can be open minded. um, Because I, I, I taught people how to how to be a purely positive reinforcement trainer. I taught people how to be a balanced trainer. I taught people how to engage to the dog. I talked. I taught people about dog behavior. I did all these things and broke through to so many people that it was it was it was really just inspiring for me to see people go, oh my gosh, and wake up and say, wow, this is incredible, and and I didn't know this and I didn't know that. Um, and so. I encourage anybody out there that if you're having problems, um, I'd love to come help you guys out. I really, really would. Um, it was just such a, again, empowering thing, and it was it was just amazing to work with other people. And it wasn't the Tom Davis show. It was it was let's work together. He's <coughs> hey, Fooey. My dogs are fighting over not really fighting, but just being mouthy. Um, but anyway, uh, I just want to help. And it was just really powerful. And when I hit the road this spring, I hope um, you guys are following me on YouTube and on social media so you know when I'm in your town so we can work together. Um, And I I just wanted to provide you guys with gratuity um, and just thank everybody out there for doing what they do um, and the shelter workers all across the country and all across the world. Um, And I really want to help as many people as I can. And I see myself kind of doing that in the future where I just do these seminars because it was – a literally life-changing clinic, one dog after another, after another, after another. And it was just like, holy crap, there's really this many problems. And I was just, it was like light switch, light switch, light switch. So motivated me for sure. A couple things moving forward. I have a seminar in Denver, Colorado, May 4th and May 5th of this year, 2019. This is my only um, other seminar that's booked currently of 2019. Um that I know of. (laughs) So May 4th and May 5th, I will be in Denver. It's going to be a two-day event. Uh, This is going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I got a lot of people in Denver um, that want to work with me. And so if you do, I would sign up as soon as possible. The audit spots for for either day are $50. The working spots for both days are $400. Um, it may seem a lot to you at the the sound of that, but at the same time, you're working with me for like six hours for two days. That's 12 hours. Um, 
So four hundred dollars per day. To I mean two hundred dollars per day is not a lot at all. Um, so it's kind of a good bang for your buck. Um, and I'm gonna be working with you guys um, like friends. Like you guys are gonna be my my friends. You're gonna be my colleagues. You're gonna be my team. Like we're gonna be working together. It's not gonna be me up there saying I know this, I know that. It's gonna be about us working together. So it's really fun. If you guys are interested in coming to hang out, uh, you obviously there's a ton of places in Denver you can stay if you're outside of Denver, but it's going to be in the middle of the country, so you guys can suck in and, and hang out with me in Denver for the weekend. It's going to be uh, a really fun time. I know we got a bunch of audit spots uh, already taken, and we have a couple working spots taken, and it's in a couple months. So you can find the details on the event uh, on my Facebook page. So just search America's Canine Educator and under the um, events you can find the Denver workshop. If you don't have Facebook, you can simply email me at canineeducator at gmail.com, C A N E D U C A T O R, canineeducator at gmail.com. Uh, and then again, you guys want to watch the uh, all the videos that I do on YouTube with the entire Nebraska workshop, basically. It's going to be cut up in individual um, videos with a video coming out today of the shepherd. And you can find me at Upstate Canine Academy on YouTube. You just search that. So anyway, guys, I just applaud you guys all for just being so cool and so awesome and supporting me and helping me live my dream. See, you guys don't understand. It's every time you listen to this, every time you comment on something, on every time you subscribe, every time you tell, every time your your mouth opens and tells somebody about me, you're helping me live my dream by not working with dogs, but, but changing dogs and helping people. Um, and so, th like I said, I mean, I was literally like, I want to go just tour the country and take over the world, but I can't do that alone. Uh, I need people to, to help me get these, these, uh, venues situated. And there's a lot, there's not a lot of dog people. And besides like season Milan that travels and tours, like I'm not trying to sell at arenas. I'm trying to sell out like a room where if I can change 10 people the next time do 20 and the next time do 30 or whatever that's my goal so if you guys know of a place that um, could be awesome to hold a seminar and have me out that would be fantastic you can also email me at canineeducator gmail.com for more information on that also london 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 i plan on coming to you this summer uh, details are definitely not uh, together but we're working on it if anybody in london has a facility or a venue that we can work on um, or work in rather um, shoot me a message either on uh, email or on Instagram at Tom Davis because uh, we're looking at uh, getting to De or getting to Denver getting to uh, London and working some dogs um, so I get a lot of messages from London so that's what we're going to try to do thank you guys so very much for listening to this episode of the no bad dogs podcast with me Tom Davis America's canine educator I hope you guys have a wonderful day and keep fighting the good fight keep helping dogs um, stay motivated and I'll talk to you guys next time thank you so much bye bye Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.